Hello, and welcome to another episode of Houston. We have a podcast. Um, we're doing things a little different today. I am your co-host today, host Paulo, uh, joined as always by your host, now co-host Carson. Uh, we're flipping the script because uh, we're, we're talking about uh, something a little different today. We're, we're getting serious for once. Um, not really. But uh, with um, I... I, I I wanted to talk to talk about something that's uh, kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, it has to do with my culture, uh, being Filipino, um, and uh, the recent release. Well, not recent; it's been out for a little while. But the release of uh, the Easter Sunday movie, um, which is like Filipino propaganda, <laughs> um, and uh, um, like oh, I wanted to tie that into a conversation about representation in movies and. TV shows a little bit um, framed with my own experience uh, as a as a Filipino person and getting Carson's uh, <laughs> Carson's unique perspective as a uh, <laughs> my unique perspective as a straight white man who has no idea what <laughs> representation in film really means, which is actually a question <laughs> I wanted to get into, but I'll get into that later. Okay, cool. I, I'm really curious to hear what that is. Um, but yeah, so like I, like I mentioned, um, yeah, this is something that's been interesting me for a while now. I mean, like just around showbiz and like how, um, you always hear about how, um, like there's, there's a lack of representation. Like it's, it's always the, the leading people are always the same. Um, and it's really, it's always a struggle to get, um, like movies that are focused on other cultures, um, out and like successful. I mean, obviously there's the, some exceptions, um, and there's there's been like a bit of a a bit of a swing recent in, in recent years. Um, but um, I mean, I was specifically looking at this um, in in again in my own experience uh, with because there's not a lot of. I mean, the, I probably the the most famous Filipino person in a movie was was Ned in uh, Spider Man. Uh, which is his best friend in <laughs> like which is top of my head. So uh, yeah, I was. Um, um, I think we're going to start off by talking about the actual Easter Sunday movie. So I'll 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 describe it because I'm fairly certain not a lot of people have have watched this movie. Um, and to be honest, I understand. Um, it's basically. It's a vehicle for Joe Coy, who's a uh, Filipino or half Filipino stand-up comedian, um, to uh, tell his stand-up jokes um, with a bit of a story, like a kind of a strange, uh, nonsensical story wrapped around it. Um, it's uh, basically he's trying to uh, reconcile with his his son, uh, so he takes him on a on a road trip to his to to meet his extended family or get together with his with his extended family. For Easter Sunday, which is as he describes, like the Filipino Super Bowl, um, and then he has to deal with like a bunch of uh, family drama, and there's like a, a random side plot, like the the shoehorned side plot uh, for to make it a comedy movie, where he has to um, he has to sell uh, Manny Pacquiao's boxing gloves to get his his brother or his cousin out of like some some debt with a with a some gangster um yeah so and, and it's just it's uh as a movie it's it's okay um like it's it's got some funny moments um there's a bit of a like you you can sense or you can see that there's a bit of um like what joe coy is passionate about because there's a he he includes a little thing about him talking to his agent throughout the whole uh throughout the whole journey about like he, he's trying to get uh he's trying to get the lead role or a role on a tv show because he's trying to make it big he's like a struggling comedian um and his his agent is like every conversation it's kind of him the studio and the agent trying to push him to do a filipino accent um so that he can be like the the goofy side or like the the goofy, the goofy comic relief which is like not something he wants to do he doesn't want to be a caricature um, and he's like putting his, his opportunity at risk because of that. Um, 
So, I mean, I'm going to pause there. There's, <laughs> I explained a lot. Um, Carson, I know I, I made you watch this movie. Curious to see what you thought um, from your, again, unique perspective. <laughs> so from an outsider perspective, like you said, okay, here's a movie we're going to watch. I, I looked at the reviews and they all looked pretty bad. So I was like, okay, this is going to be a bad movie. <laughs> and maybe because I had those expectations going in, I... I liked it more than I thought I would. Like, it's definitely not a great movie. It's it's a pretty standard comic ve- or comedy vehicle for obviously a stand-up comedian who I didn't know he was a stand-up comedian before watching it. But <laughs> when the uh, when there's a church scene, you find that, that out oh, pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, he uh, there, there's a scene where they're in a church, and for no real reason, he just starts doing stand-up comedy in front of the entire church. Uh, which was, which was interesting. Um, but like, I don't, maybe I don't appreciate fully like all the Filipino culture, but like, you definitely know that that's what they're going for. It's like, okay, here's a very standard plot, a very standard, like, you know, comedic storyline to wrap it around. But really they're trying to showcase Filipino culture. And even if I can't relate to it, like I get what they're going for. And I think they delivered that fine enough. Um, I do have some questions about Filipino culture that I'll get into, (laughs) Um, but I would say like as a whole, not terrible, not great. It's just like a, it's a whatever comedy movie. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I, I would like to call out like whenever there's a, a comedy movie and it's, um, um, what's it called? And it's, it stars a stand up comedian. I find that they do that a lot. I think Joe, the, the way that Joe Coy did it. Um, like him doing his stand-up routine basically at the church because um, the priest like hands him the mic for <laughs> for not listening or something. Um, a lot, yeah. I find a lot of stand-up comedians find a way to to include that in their movies. Like Chris Rock comes to mind. He does that a lot. Um, I don't know if you ever seen Down to Earth. Um, probably one of my favorite comedy movies where he's like he gets re or he he dies and he's like he gets reincarnated. Um, I think I watched it a long time ago, but I don't remember it. Yeah. But anyways, he, there's like one scene where he's like in front of, he's in a board meeting and it's literally the same thing, except instead of a church, it's a board meeting and he's like doing his stand up routine in front of like, just in front of a, like a bunch of office people. But uh, I mean, Joe Coy's was definitely a little more out of <laughs> left field. Yeah, you gotta be a little more subtle than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did get that feeling too. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, as a movie, I like it. It was pretty standard, um, nothing special, and it's it's hard to rate it as a movie, especially for me. Um, it's kind of how I saw. I, I think it was the, the Five Bloods when we talked about that before. I it, I watched that more of like a statement than a movie. Um, and obviously, it's it's strange to compare that to this because it's just like a silly comedy movie. But there is there are like uh, themes that you could, that I could see at least. Um, um, that uh, make it a little more than that. Um, so, um, what what uh, what kind of questions were you? <laughs> did you have? Well, so I'm curious about that statement you just made there of like something that's more more of a statement. Like I I saw this as a pretty straightforward like, hey, we're just gonna have fun and showcase Filipino culture. But I wouldn't wasn't thinking about it from like a statement perspective. So what do you mean by that? Yeah. Okay. Actually that's, that's not quite fair uh, for me to say that because I do, I also have the added benefit of having seen his standup. Um, and he, especially, so when he, when he was in Toronto, um, he did, uh, I went to see his standup and he, he talked a lot, like a lot of it was unscripted. He was kind of just talking to the audience and I felt like, um, he had, he, he needed to get a lot of things off his chest. Cause I think his movie had just come out. It kind of just bombed. Um, and he lost quite a bit of money and he talked about his journey, um, like getting his, his special on Netflix. Um, so uh, may, maybe more of it is based off the, the context that I have from his standup, but I'll, I'll give you the cliffs notes without giving away his set. <laughs> um, basically he, he has a, bit about um like how he put all his money all of his own money into filming his own um special like his first one um so that netflix would 
would take notice of him and put him on his plat on their platform, um, and how that was a struggle, um, and how uh, he's he's been going through things where like um, he'll he'll make appearances and the people like the hosts will tell him not to do like accent jokes, and then he'll be like, okay, but you don't tell other people to not do like a a, a white southern accent, right? Um, so that kind of thing, and then. Um, and then this is where it went really unscripted. I could, I feel like I could tell <laughs> during the stand-up set, but he was talking about how, like, um, basically, you have to pay, you have to support what you want to see in the movies, right? Um, like, he he made a kind of a random point, which was also something that I've noticed a little bit, but not realized that I've noticed. But like, Bollywood movies will will be in like theaters like Cineplex and or just main like big theaters um and you and me Carson I I would assume that you don't know too much about Bollywood movies I've never seen one I've seen clips on like Facebook randomly um um but they they actually do play in um in big theaters um and he was saying like that's because people who are like supporter, like people support Indian movies, like the, the, the people of that culture um, actually go out and spend their money to go watch it in the theater, which is why they can stay in the theater. Um, and he's kind of, he's kind of drawing parallels to that and Filipino people, because obviously the same thing didn't really happen for him. Um, and it hasn't really happened for anyone, uh, any other Filipino actor. Um, so, it's yeah, it, it's definitely a lot more based on the 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 stand up, but I, it made me watch the movie through a different lens. Um, so I'm I, I have a bit of an unfair advantage over <laughs> um, the way that you you saw it. Yeah, like I understand the logic of that. I don't know how I feel about that, and I don't like I'm not necessarily saying I disagree. But uh, so, for example, Black Panther came out. And everyone was mm -hmm. raving about it, how it's this, you know, great movie and you got to support it for, you know, support the cause. And obviously that, you know, caught <laughs> behind the marketing and made it a lot of money. It, it wasn't a particularly great movie. It was fine. It was okay. Um, but it's like, okay, it got a lot more noise because of what it was doing. And it, it wasn't the first black superhero movie. It was, you know, it picked <laughs> it up a kind of a, a marketing thing more so than what it actually yeah. meant. But if it means something to a certain people, then you can't deny that like i can't sit here as a white person and say hey like, don't <laughs> don't think black panther is inspirational or something like that because that's obviously like i can't not in a position to say that um and yeah like if you want to see more of something obviously it has to be financially sustainable so i understand like getting it off the ground and supporting these initiatives at the beginning but they have to be good and they have to go somewhere at a certain point um, yeah. and it's interesting long time ago, we, we talked, um, we had Tyler and Rebecca as guests on this podcast and we were talking, I think about the 2016 Ghostbusters movie. And I was like, okay, do you really want like all these women empowerment movies <laughs> if this is what they end up being? And she said something that I didn't expect, but it would, which was really like, yes, I want all the bad movies because we get those too. And then we'll build off of those and we'll do more things. And it's like, I don't know if that's where I see Easter Sunday. Like, is it? Is it starting it off? Is it getting more roles? Like one of the questions I had, and I know we don't have to answer it, but it's like of this cast, maybe, you know, there isn't a whole set of Joe Coy movies, but does anyone get exposure from this movie that helps them in their career? And because you have basically an all Filipino cast, like does somebody's career get launched by this or do they, you know, go on to other things? So I, again, I don't, I don't disagree with the whole thing. I think you should support movies that come from diverse audiences, not from the perspective of, I don't know, feel good or whatever like that. It's like, <laughs> I watch a lot of movies and they're becoming really boring and all the same. And I would like more people to say different things. And so in that <laughs> aim, I do yeah. like supporting different movies, whether they're different because of race or culture or anything else. Um, mm -hmm. It's just purely from like, let's do more different things. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't then, know what point I'm making anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, 
from you, for you mentioning that, that's kind of one of the problems that I do have with the movie. Because, like you said, it sure it can be like representing a different culture, but it also has to be a good movie. Um, and I mean, it's his first one. Like you can't, I, I can't really expect too much. Um, but aside from the little things that he included about like not wanting to do an accent, not wanting to be like a caricature of, of a Filipino cult uh, person, um, everything else, like the comedy bits or like the, just the, the whole plot and everything, it's kind of, it is kind of standard. Like it's, it, it, it follows the the basic formula of a comedy movie and it, so it doesn't really move the needle that much in that sense. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's why it's, it's difficult. Um, it's both difficult and hard for me to, to judge it as just like a regular movie because I, I get what he's trying to do, but at the same time, like just as a straight up movie, it, it was, it was okay. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you, even like some of the, the Filipino things like you got karaoke, Manny, Manny Pacquiao jokes. Um, I, I forget what else there. It's like stuff that I'm used to. I don't know what it's like to experience those jokes in a movie from a different perspective, but um, yeah, I don't know. So, so here's, I'm going to ask the dumb straight white person question here. <laughs> what, what does it mean to be represented in film? Because from my perspective, every movie I've ever seen basically has either starred or been written by or been directed by a white guy. And so mm -hmm. obviously that bleeds into like all the characters and the stories and the perspectives and all that. And like, I have no idea what it means to not be represented in film. Um, and so that's what I've tried to think about is like, and I'm trying to think if there are any examples that, do touch on a part of my identity or culture that made me more represented in a film more so than an average thing. But I don't, I don't know if that's something you can answer of like, what is it? What is the feeling? Like, what does that mean to be represented? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can answer it either. Like it's for you. I, I'll, I'll speak for you a little bit, I guess. Cause the, for your representation or, white people <laughs> um it's just it's the default right like um just any movie that you're gonna go see is is it's just you're it's normal um and i mentioned this to one of my friends before about uh we were, we were talking about something slightly different it was i think it was like female superheroes or something like that and he was saying like oh i i don't i don't know how i feel about like these like girl power type things kind of the same thing that well, not the same thing that you were saying before to uh, on the podcast about Ghostbusters. Rebecca, yeah, Rebe yeah, um, yeah, not exactly the same thing. But and I was telling him like, okay, maybe you feel like there's a lot of it now, um, but it's really like two or three movies, and you're only really noticing it because the default is not that, right? So when you see two every two or three of these things, then it feels like a lot when it's really not. There's like hundreds of movies that come out every year, um, which I, I realize doesn't completely answer your question. <laughs> but um, I mean, if if I'm really trying to grasp here, um, I, I feel like just looking at looking at the same kind of story through a different lens, which I recognize, again, it's one of my complaints about Easter Sunday. It doesn't really do that a whole lot. I mean, some of the themes in it are they, like they talk about, uh, I don't know, like how uh, uh, the there's the family drama, which is like supposed to be kind of uniquely Filipino um, about like his his aunt and his mother holding grudges and stuff like that. And um, uh, he has the, the uncle who who has a bunch of like weapons uh, for no, <laughs> for no reason, um, which is not. I didn't really think that was a like a specifically Filipino thing, but then at the same time, I feel like it's not, he also didn't want it to just be straight up Filipino. Like it's an, another thing that he had mentioned. Um, I think this was part of his standup where he was saying like, I do the accent or I imitate my mom or I, I talk about these stories because 
Um, not because it's funny that she sounds like this way or because she does these things, but it's because other mothers are like this too, right? And so he's drawing parallels between not just Filipinos, but other just people, which I mean, I, I guess. And and that's one makes... thing I'm trying to get at with my question is like a, a movie like this, I am not, I'm not alienated. Like I can relate to the characters. They're pretty universal things. Uh, a female yeah. superhero movie, I can still relate to the main character. For me, there's not much of a downside to seeing more people that are different from me in the main roles because it, it doesn't prevent me from enjoying the movie. And so mm-hmm. that's that's going to you know make me pose the question that I already know is wrong. But it's like, <laughs> if I can relate to other people, then they can also relate to other people and then it doesn't really matter. And I think the perspective is like, and I, you saw some of this with the the reactions to some of the the Little Mermaid trailers that came out of like if you've oh. never been represented and you see it for the first time, that's meaningful to somebody. And on the flip side, it's not at all deterring me from enjoying the movie. I mean, I'm not going to because I don't like live action Disney movies. But if I was somebody <laughs> yeah. who did, casting somebody who's different from me does not detract from it. So that's where it comes back of like I don't understand what it means to be not represented in film to the point where seeing somebody like me would make me interested in it. And I know that mm-hmm. that's like, like I'm self-aware enough to say that, like not to say like, it's not a problem. I know it's an issue. I know it's a thing that exists out there. Um, but I, I just truly can't relate to it. And I, I really been trying to think of characters or movies that would be more specific to my identity. Like th- there's no Saskatchewan person in film. Um, or like that part of culture. So like, I, well, there's like Saskatchewan TV shows, but even then I don't really relate to it. So I don't know. I, I've been trying to think like, I've been trying to put myself in that mindset to understand it. And I just mm-hmm. really can't. <laughs> well, I, and I think that's, that's the difficulty of, of trying to represent, um, like a, a certain culture, um, like without just being straight up karaoke, Manny Pacquiao, like, you know, um, because if if it's if you don't include some of those things, it's it's hard to strike a balance. Because if you don't include some of those things, then it's just a regular old story, right? It's it's you have to be a really creative or talented writer or director to to convey some of those things uh, without kind of like hitting people over the head with it. So I mean, I don't know either, and that's probably why I'm I'm sitting here uh, with you not <laughs> writing movies. Like I I think they did a decent enough job. Like as somebody who doesn't understand Filipino culture, like I know who Manny Pacquiao is. I know who Lou Diamond Phillips is, you know, a crazy uncle with weapons. I don't need to know someone like that to (laughs) kind of appreciate the comedy behind it. Like it's, I feel like I was learning a bit about Filipino culture, but it didn't like, I'm sure there were some jokes that went over my head that I didn't fully understand or like didn't appreciate because it didn't, you know, can't relate to that aspect of Filipino culture. But like most of the jokes, 90, 95% of what was in the movie. Like I understood what the joke was. Not all of them were funny because they're not all good jokes, but it's not (laughs) like I didn't understand it. Yeah. To be, to be fair, I don't, I, I, I don't even think most people who watched, who did watch the movie movie even really know who Lou Diamond Phillips is. (laughs) That was going to be my, one of my questions. Uh, (laughs) Do Filipinos really like Lou Diamond Phillips? Because for me, he's kind of just like a, fringe star guy i really i i honestly think he was there because there's no one else and tia carrera is already playing a role (laughs) like there's not really like i mean that's that's again the difficulty because there's not really anyone that i can think of at least aside from manny pacquiao that would just be instantly recognizable and kind of like ambiguously filipino (laughs) uh to to make that joke work um, which is basically, sorry, explanation for uh, everyone who didn't see the movie, which means everyone. Um, like, I, I don't even remember. Like, it's Lou Diamond Phillips is, uh, he's supposed to be a secret buyer. Or there, there's a secret buyer who um, they're hoping to sell Manny Pacquiao's gloves to. Um, and it turns out to be Lou Diamond Phillips. There's a little thing about the the cousin who stole Manny Pacquiao's gloves. He wants to sell it to a Filipino because it's part of his culture and it should be with a Filipino. Like that's his whole reasoning. 
And then there's like a, I think there's a bit of a joke there because they don't really know if Lou Diamond Phillips is Filipino either. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, there's literally no one else that I could think of that could could make that joke work. But then also, again, no one really knows who Lou Diamond Phillips is. Sorry, Lou. <laughs> yeah, and like they they at least prefaced it earlier in the movie like they talked about lou diamond phillips as a filipino celebrity and so even if you so full disclosure i know lou diamond phillips the name i didn't know he was filipino um and so it's like okay here's a name that people have probably heard before even if you don't know who he is you're like lou diamond phillips i, I think i've heard that name somewhere um, yeah, and yeah. so it's like they prefaced it the right way that like the joke lands and it's like you understand that this is a person that's important to them, regardless of whether he's not important to you or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was going to yeah, be one of my I questions, mean, though, of like who else <laughs> would have been, but yeah, I guess you answered yeah. that. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, like the the only the only reason that he's kind of important is because they they say he's important earlier in the movie, which is that setup. Like, there's like the reveal is not really a reveal because like. It, it's Lou Diamond Phillips, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's um, I, I I don't have much more to say about him. It's funny because the way that they revealed him was like a garage door going up, and you could hear music being like, "This is a reveal. This is a big important person." Yeah, and then it shows the face, and I was like, "Who who's that?" And then, like, oh, it's, and then they mention it. It's like, okay, yeah. I mean, I I personally didn't even know he was Filipino. Like, I seen him in um, what's that movie with Meg Ryan and Denzel Washington? He's like an army lawyer or investigator, and then Lou Diamond Phillips is like the bad guy, and he kills himself by driving into a train. Courage uh, under because fire. Because he did something bad. Yes, that's the one. That's the um, first thing that shows up on his IMDb page. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's probably the biggest movie that he's done. Um. But yeah, like I, I remember him from that and I not once, not for one second uh, thought he might be Filipino. Um, second but question anyways. on Filipinos, uh, of the other, like basically everyone else in the cast, is there any of those people that are actually noteworthy outside of Lou Diamond Phillips, Tia Carrere and Joe Coy? Um, I guess there's some non-Filipinos there. And then kind of part two of that question, do you think anyone from this career who is unknown is going to have their career launched because of this? Yeah, so no, I don't know. At least of the Filipino cast members, I don't recognize any of them. Um, I know, I, I recognize one of them from uh, Joe Coy's tour, who is, he's also a stand-up comic um his name's joey gila uh who was actually pretty funny um and i think he might be only half i don't know it doesn't matter but yeah like really don't recognize any of them um oh his son maybe but i don't even think he's filipino at all i'm not sure and i don't i'm gonna spend too much time uh of us recording trying to find out um uh and the only one I would have said might like, like it's not going to launch anyone's career, but it's just like a, a I don't know if I if I would even call it a stepping stone for this movie, but I, I think the the son has done some other things, um, um, like the uh, Netflix ugh, Netflix um uh series. I think you should leave. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, apparently it's pretty popular comedy series or it's like sketch comedy. Um, but that's like the most quote unquote up and coming thing that I can think of. He was also in like one of the Borat movies. He's in Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know how big his roles are and I'm really stretching here. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really know any of them. The one person that I thought did a really good job was the brother Eugene. Uh, oh, the yeah. guy who like is in trouble with the law because he stole, or not with the law, but stole many Pacquiao's gloves. Anyway, he did a good job. I hope he's in more things. Um, yeah, he he actually is. He's probably the most successful out of the side <laughs> characters. He does a bunch of like 
character bits like he was in um the good place um he was in kong skull island that i just saw big. that on his imdb <laughs> <laughs> yeah he does he does a lot it's just like a lot of side character stuff um and he's i don't i'm fairly certain he's not filipino which i think was one of the the requirements of your question or one of the criteria of your question um the only other person and again i'm reaching pretty far is uh that i that i think did a good job and could maybe do more things was uh the love interest for his son um her name is eva noblezada which is a very filipino name um but i mean even then it was really just showcasing joe coy and her her part was probably the next biggest i guess or next most special of of the Filipino characters. I would be surprised if any of the family members were not Filipino because it feels like this is the type of movie where your one requirement to be cast <laughs> is to be Filipino. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing, right? Like, it, I, I guess it's, uh, this is where I, I lose all visibility, but um, I, I suppose it's hard to, to strike that balance between hiring all Filipinos and having people in the movie that like general audiences want to see, <laughs> which I mean, they're not gaining that much more by casting Eugene Cordero. <laughs> no <laughs> disrespect to him, but um, yeah, there's not a lot of familiar faces. Oh, Tiffany Haddish was in it. I just remembered, yeah. but like, it's not much of a draw either. <laughs> She does a lot of random stuff these days, so I'm not a particular fan of hers, nor the character she <laughs> played in this movie, but uh Yeah. That's fine. Side note, she's uh she kinda disappeared, didn't she? She was like everywhere. <laughs> I think I maybe remember last she... year or the year before. Yeah, she was in some I wanna say like Bachelorette party movie, and then everyone was raving about her. And then I yeah. remember people talking about her and then I finally saw her in a movie and I was like, Oh, that that's what everyone's <laughs> raving about I, I feel like she has yeah. kind of a shtick where it's like she doesn't have a lot of range yeah um although she was I, in a in a movie with oscar isaac that was about like a gambling movie uh last year where she did something that was pretty different than what she usually does and she was actually pretty good in it so i i hope she kind of steers away from the stereotype that she's kind of built for herself and kind of does more stuff. Cause it's, she probably is better than I think, but then her regular character. Yeah. That same character that she plays every single time. Yeah. I mean, she was also in the unbearable weight of massive talent, which I loved. Um, and she was okay in it as well. Tiny oh, role, but I forgot she was in that. Which yeah, I didn't mind that very tiny role. <laughs> didn't mind. Oh, geez. <laughs> We'll, um, we'll fight about that later. <laughs> on a on a side, you know, completely steering this conversation in a different direction. So we had touched a little bit. I was saying uh, that when I see other people that aren't like me as leading characters, it doesn't really detract me or anything. Um, I wanted to talk about some tests I took on a Harvard website. Um, if you look up <laughs> Harvard implicit association tests, um, it's actually a very interesting, we are not sponsored by Harvard here. Um, <laughs> anyway, there's these tests you can take that kind of test your brain to see what internal bias you have. And like, so here's an example of one of the tests. Um, it'll show you either a word or a picture and you click right or left on one version of the test. You'll show words that are either good or bad, and they'll show you a picture that's either Christian or Muslim. And on the first test, it's like Christian and good, you click right, Muslim and bad, you click left, and it measures your reaction times. And then they flip that around to say like Muslim and good, you click right, Christianity and bad, you click left. And it measures your reaction times the first time to the second time to say like, how easily do you associate those two things? Anyway, very interesting tests that like, I would hope that I'm not somebody who super like has a lot of bias, but like I do that and it's like, oh shit, my brain is really wired a certain way. The uh -huh. one thing that I had an even result on was identity when it comes to gender. It said that I was, I slightly identified as female more than male. 
Um, you wait, you slightly identified yourself? It, the test result said, because one of the things is like, you click certain ways that's like me versus like yeah. words that are other and then like pictures of male versus female. Oh. And oh, it said okay. that my reaction times indicate that I have more of a female identity than a male identity, which was an interesting result. But uh, anyway, I, I recommend I'm, going okay. and doing some of these tests because they are interesting. I, I probably will. I'm curious now. Um, what like for that uh, Christian Muslim example, what if I like take 20 minutes to answer that question? Does that is that like uh, affects the result? Well, the whole thing is like, like, or you have to do it as fast as possible. It's like your yeah, first everything is as fast as possible. So it's like the oh, difference okay. between half a second and a second, and like your brain, like as you're doing the test, you will realize that your brain is having a harder time associating some things together. So like you know the result before you see the results. Um, it's hard to explain without actually going and doing the test, but okay. I'll keep that in mind because I'm interested now. Um, one other thing that I wanted to uh, uh, mention, um, it's because Easter Sunday gave me uh, like throwback vibes to um, a, a movie from the year 2000. Um, it's probably the only other like Filipino focused movie um, in like Western theater cinema. I don't know. I, I feel like saying theater or cinema makes it sound too like fancy, but anyways, it was a movie called the debut. And that was the last time I, I, I remember any conversation um, about like, Oh wow. There's like a Filipino, like a movie with Filipino people. Um, and it, um, what's his name in Peter Pan? Um, the, jeez, uh, the Peter Rufio. Pan movie with Rub Rufio. Yes. Um, he was probably like the most famous Filipino actor, uh, before, oh my God, there's no one else really, <laughs> I guess before Joe Coy, unless I'm just, I'm doing it like it, I, I'm egregiously missing someone, but, uh, yeah, he had like a, a very brief run, uh, launched by his role as Rufio. And then I think he, I don't know the, any backstory around the debut, but he, I guess he starred in it and I think i i'm pretty sure that he had a big hand in um like just getting it made in general because i i looked at it, the imdb imdb page for that movie and i like a lot of his family like his i think his immediate family are cast in it just based by their last names basco um so yeah i was i, I just thought it was interesting like this this kind of happened 20 years ago no, but not really and then i guess nothing really came out of it so i guess it doesn't bode well for joe coy and his uh and his mission i i would think that audiences are slightly more receptive to it than they were 20 years ago uh <laughs> but uh i think our society has a way of moving backwards more than i thought i, I was thinking about this the other day and it's like so this is a very naive saskatchewan perspective but i felt like when i was in high school it's like we knew racism was a thing but it's like it was from an older generation and it was going away and it was like oh <laughs> one day we're gonna be in the future and as when as people like us are adults it's gonna be gone and that did not happen and that yeah just continually surprised by the yeah. world that we live in <laughs> yeah i know what you mean but then also uh, a negative point um the the debut was a much better movie than easter sunday um and i don't think i'm just saying that because of like nostalgia it was actually pretty good and it didn't go anywhere poor dante basco um but yeah that's uh that's my little that was my soapbox um I think it, it I, I was just really I was really inspired um, by the the extra context that I got when Joe Coy was going off his little a bit of a rant during his, his stand up special, which was still really good. Um, yeah. And I was just thinking of like um, 
for or like another example of when um I was trying to get into the whole acting thing like when I was a lot younger at least doing like extra work and stuff like that and I had I have family members or like extended family members who I was having the conversation with about like oh yeah what's it like because they've been in like tv shows and stuff like that um and so there's one one conversation that really stuck with me this like I, I took no offense or anything it's not a bad thing um I just thought it was really interesting but um so my my cousin is married to a white man they're both in the industry um and he he like he's so he's been in some tv shows I was asking him just we were at a family outing and I was asking him like yeah so I mean I, I've always been interested in like doing stuff like this like acting um do, what uh, what's it like do you have any like advice or tips or whatever it's like half serious because i'm not going to quit my nine to five job um and then he was saying like just completely seriously it's not a joke or anything it's just based on his knowledge of the industry and how it works he was saying like yeah i mean you should definitely do it like i look at you and i see like you you would definitely be a good for like a like the he didn't say sidekick, but like the best friend type role. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and even even right when he said it, I didn't take a, offense to it. I just understood that like that's how studios see people, right? Like it's not like no, you're never gonna be, uh, well, not never, but it, you're rarely considered as um, like the the lead role. Um, and it's just like it's just the reality of how it is because he said it is he just said it so naturally like it's it wasn't even an insult or anything so i just thought that was really interesting you could be uh spider-man's best friend but uh you can't be spider-man <laughs> yeah hey i mean i i would happily be spider-man's best friend if i could quit my job at 33 years old and <laughs> act like a high school student didn't um there's a, a decent amount of like famous people i think like uh brendan gleason he started like when he was quite older i think samuel jackson didn't get a good role until he was later you could do it yeah <laughs> given up on that dream a long time ago <laughs> unless this uh unless this podcast really launches us you know yeah, maybe if uh, Hollywood is running out of cranky old people when I'm 70, I can make the shift. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, so. We, I guess we could we could transition to our, our the other thing that we wanted to talk about, which is focused on uh, a bit of uh, what was it called, House of the Dragon. Um, but mostly uh, the critical reaction, not critical, actually, fan reaction to Rings of Power. Um, it's been out for a little while now, um, and it just, the initial reaction just kind of pissed me off. We touched on this a little bit about how, like, um, when you when you change the race, like, when, when studios change the race of, a, like, of a known character, and then people have this, like, stupid like overreaction. Um, we saw a lot of that, I think, about uh, Rings of Power. Or, yeah, Rings of Power. Um, so, I mean, what I, I guess, what was your, what so did you see? I, I was never that interested in Rings of Power because it always kind of seemed like a big money grab in the beginning, and I'm obviously <laughs> opposed to that for anyone who has listened to previous episodes of ours. Um, but there was a lot of focus in the initial uh advertising and audience reception around like the recasting of race um i i watched the first four episodes i don't know if i'm gonna keep watching it or not but anyway i i thought i'd check it out there is really like the bare minimum of roles that they have given to diverse people they did like <laughs> one hobbit is a black guy and like one elf and then like the the poster the character poster that was most used by people complaining about it was like the black dwarf and she's like she's in two scenes <laughs> in like five episodes she's a very minor character she does an okay fine job and it's like it, it makes me kind of curious about like is there going to be 
pushback to the reception of rings of power are they going to say oh we can't have this much diversity but this much diversity is really the minimum you could do um <laughs> so yeah like i'm and, and just to kind of like touch on each of the roles like the the guy who plays the hobbit i i hate all of the hobbits in this show but he's probably the best because he's like probably the most serious <laughs> of like taking his role seriously um yeah the black elf he's like whatever forgettable character but he's barely in it and then the dwarf again she's like she's in two scenes so i thought they were i don't know like if there was no reaction to it i probably wouldn't have noticed it at all um and then you go to like house of the dragon like people were complaining like oh people with uh white hair but black skin how does that make sense but it's like it's very well <laughs> explained in the show that it's like he's an entirely like a family, a whole family that's these characters. And it's like, mm -hmm. I just, I don't understand what people are complaining about. And the question I was going to pose to you is if you had to take on, if you were a, a Hollywood executive, um, taking on the next like billion dollar franchise, I don't know how many of them are left that haven't been ruined yet, but let's say like DC <laughs> gets back on track. They're going to reboot justice league or something. You can't put no diversity because there is the whole like Oscar's so white thing and every like that just you can't just have all white people anymore. I think we're we're past that. But if you really put like the minimum amount of diverse characters, you're gonna get all this backlash from like the anti woke crowd. So it's like, what do you do? <laughs> what can you even do anymore without somebody complaining? Well, I mean, before I even attempt to answer your question, I, I feel like it's hard for me to gauge the the backlash for uh, especially for Rings of Power because I I couldn't really tell if um, yes there are the people that were genuinely upset by it and those people are idiots um because for of all the points that you just made it makes no sense like these are all side characters um the, it's the bare minimum i i actually i probably wouldn't have noticed at all either if there wasn't this like this news about it um but I, I couldn't I couldn't really tell if it's just like really a vocal like the the, the a case of the, the the dumbest people being the loudest. Right. Because like I I also um, I, I read a lot of the like the stuff on the Reddit um, for Lord of the Rings and House of the Dragon. Um, and I mean, it's it's always a cycle of like. Like almost every post is the same cycle of, um, oh, I don't like this. Um, but I don't like it. I don't not like it because of race. I don't like it because of bad writing. And then that's always like the, the, the excuse, whether it's genuine or not, it's, it's just so hard to, it's so hard for me to measure, but, um, I, I, I don't think that there was enough backlash for a studio to like reverse that kind of decision and say with DC, like, change cyborg to a white guy <laughs> um I, I i don't think it's I, I don't think it moved it moves the needle enough in the in the wrong direction the um there was a video a few years ago of one of my favorite youtube channels red letter media where they have a character called scientist man where he does like jokingly scientifically analyzing the hollywood industry and they had a video mm -hmm. about 2016 ghostbusters where they were kind of suggesting that sony propped up the like misogynist voice to say hey you need to support this movie if you're not misogynist um, yeah which certainly got more people talking about it obviously more people care about that movie than what it deserved because quite frankly it was just a bad movie that should have been forgotten about overnight but everyone was talking about it for like a whole year um and so i wonder how much of this is either purposely antagonizing people or like propping up voices on certain crowds to get more people talking about it because you come up with something like rings of power and amazon had previously done the expanse which was something that they put millions if not like a lot like a lot of money behind and like no one really cared about the expanse i like the expanse i'm sad that it got canceled it was a good show um but like they put a big bet down on it and the worst thing that can happen to a studio is to just have no one care about it and regardless of how you feel about the rings of power people are talking about it 
And it's almost like one of these fail safes of like, okay, you have a controversy regardless of whether the show ends up being good or bad. People are talking about it. Yeah. But I mean, doesn't it, I mean, that could very well be, but I feel like, especially with streaming, doesn't it, don't they judge the success on how many people watch it? Unless this like, this kind of conspiracy about just making news about it kind of convinces people to go and watch it. Right. I, I feel like there is a lot of people who watch it so that they know how to make fun of it. And it's the same with like <laughs> She-Hulk these days. I mean, like you got to be the first one to screenshot it so you can start the meme that week. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, maybe it does contribute to more people. Cause it's not just like viewing. It's like how many subscribers do they have? How many people are actually signing up for their platform? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, because I, I feel like I don't even think that it's that bad. Like Rings of Power, definitely. It's it's strange because Rings of Power and House of the Dragon kind of a, they've kind of had like opposite trajectories for me. Uh, Rings of Power kind of started off really slow. Um, I was kind of uninterested, but now that it's starting to pick up a little bit, um, it I, I'm starting to enjoy it a little bit more. It's still kind of like okay it's meh but uh now that they've like given less screen time to the cult to the to the um the the different race of people no i'm just kidding <laughs> um <laughs> um yeah it's it's kind of it's just picked up and like i i feel like and that's one of the reasons why it's hard for me to gauge whether like the the criticisms are like actually based on race or if it's really because like the first two or three episodes were kind of slow and boring. Um, and then on the opposite side, house of the dragon, this has less to do with race, but it's going back to like opposite trajectory. First two or three episodes were really good. And now it's kind of like the last, the most recent three have been a bit of a mess. Um, um, I feel quite yeah. differently. I've, was entertained <laughs> from the beginning in house of the dragon and i am continually entertained with where they're going rings oh, of I'm power still entertained yeah i oh okay i i almost wanted to keep watching until the end of the season for rings of power because i was like oh they're they're doing some things here <clears throat> but the the downside for me on that one is like you know where it ends you know exactly where every <laughs> character is going to end up so yeah which you could argue well, I mean, House of the Dragon is the same. It does, yeah. But I mean, I'm I'm unfamiliar with both of these prequel stories. I mean, from the books. Um, House of the Dragon, I will say, like, I want to, I'll be clear. Like, I still really enjoy the show. But it, the last couple episodes especially have been, like, kind of chaotic. Especially the, the wedding. There's, like, all this random stuff happening. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It feels like they just sped through a lot of things. And then... Uh, Rings of Power, I'm getting into a little more now because it's like the Rogue One effect where it's a, like a bunch of slow stuff. And then there's a big, it feels like there's a big battle coming. <laughs> so I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, but I mean, still, expectations pretty low. Um, but yeah, we've complete. I feel like we've completely. Um... Uh, so on a similar topic to what we were trying to talk about, um, the movie <laughs> Bros which is a gay oh, rom-com yeah. movie, which, so you told me about this and you said there was something going on with the circumstances of how it's being reviewed. I go on and I see there's like a lot of amazing reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like 95% fresh, even though it hasn't come out. And I guess what you were trying, the point that you were trying to make is like, it was being review bombed just because it was gay. I thought you yeah. were coming in from the perspective of, all the critics are being bullied to like it because if you don't, then you're <laughs> called like a homophobe or something. Um, so I, I, I prepped incorrectly for that one. Oh my God. That's, I'm so offended that you would <laughs> think of me that way. Um, I've made it clear on uh, episodes before where I find it funny when people are made to be uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> um, like for example, uh, Titan, Going back to that movie <laughs> that I absolutely hate, where um, the the with the the girl on the run pretending to be the guy's uh, son, the firefighter's son, 
they're having a party and then they're all cheering him on, like telling him to dance. And then he starts like sexy girl dancing and they're all like, oh, <laughs> sh- shit, this is awkward. Um, I feel like bros is the like the the movie embodiment. Oh, sorry, Titan is a movie, but it's like a the movie equivalent of that, that one vibe. Um, and I was so I was bringing it up to you before because, yes, I, I'm fairly certain it was being review bombed because I guess about a week ago or a week and a half ago when I first brought it up, um, it was like there weren't and I'm pretty sure there weren't even any advanced screenings yet. Like it's just the trailer was out. It was very obvious that it was a gay rom-com uh, made jokes about straight people um that i'm sure were purposely done to make uh trolls mad and i guess it succeeded because um a week and or like two weeks before the movie came out like the 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 rating was at like four or five out of ten on imdb um i can't remember what it was on rotten tomatoes i don't think there was any ratings at all actually but there weren't reviews like there weren't any typed out reviews obviously because i don't think the movie had um had been shown anywhere but I was looking at the data. I, I this is the first time I've ever ever done this. But I looked at the the data for the reviews on Bros on IMDb, and it was like out of 800 reviews, there was like 650 year old males, <laughs> 50 plus year old males, like voting one star or something like that. Um, and it just like I just thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Um, and it's funny now because you can't see it anymore because. Um, I went back on to the IMDb page today and it's completely gone. You cannot see that data anymore. Uh, the the rating. So when you Google the, the, the movie, uh, the Google search brings up the rating. But when you're actually on the IMDb page, it does not show the rating anymore. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like this was a, an actual, like, contrary to the Ghostbusters theory, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that this was a, a, a legitimate case of review bombing, not just um, uh, not just the studio trying to drum up interest for the movie, which actually looks pretty funny. Um, I mean, based off the, the the trailer that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I don't really care about rom coms, so I watch the trailer and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a rom com. That's I don't I don't care one way or another about it. Um, it's currently 95% on Rod Tomatoes, which I think also feeds back into some of the Rings and Power <laughs> stuff because Rings of Power is like 90% critic reception and like 30% audience reception. And it's like, <laughs> okay, on one hand, it's being review bombed by the other side and the solution that the other side has come up with to review bomb it in the other direction or like whatever the opposite of a bomb is. Um, and it made me think, because I was looking into it at one point of like, okay, how popular would this podcast have to be for us to, get a rotten tomato critic score and then i was thinking like <laughs> okay let's because rotten tomato has been accused of this by one side or the other of like trying to prop up reviews of like if, if they kind of gave us a probationary one-year period to say like okay you're a review but if we ever have to delete one of your reviews we're going to delete your account it's like would i review a show or a movie differently than what i thought to try to go along with the the supported narrative and I'm too stubborn, I so would, I probably wouldn't. But <laughs> I think they would re- remove your reviews so fast <laughs> about a lot of mainstream things. <laughs> but then um, I can brag about being deleted from Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm being censored. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, if you're if you're listening, um, you'll have a, a fair and balanced opinion because you have both sides completely (laughs) opposite perspective most of the time uh for both of us just give us two votes or two reviews for for the so it's funny because i was looking into like the application for it and like they have like certain criteria of like certain number of subscribers blah 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 blah. but they're like oh we'll consider it somebody who's below these criteria if they're part of a diverse audience and it's like okay (laughs) this this episode is not an attempt to please the Rotten Tomatoes critics. <laughs> you came up with this on your own, but it was one hundred percent my idea. You, yeah. I, I... <laughs> but if if you're listening, Rotten Tomatoes, we are representing Filipino cinema here. 
you know, we need to get this <laughs> voice out there more. What I mean, what other podcast <laughs> do you think has ever mentioned the movie The Debut? Um, I mean, back in the year 2000, podcasts weren't even a thing. So I'm, I'm pretty, I feel like we're trailblazing right now. Um, and we are literally the first mention of the debut, uh, on any podcast anywhere. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put money on that. I would sure. also suggest Carson that you watch the debut. It's much better than Easter Sunday. I also, hold on, that, I'm, I'm going <laughs> I'm going to um, temper. I'm, I'm I'm going to walk that back a little bit. I haven't seen it for a long time. Um, I'm sure it was good though. So if you're uh, if you're curious about what our audience demographic looks like for this conversation, uh, I'm just pulling up our Spotify audience details. Uh, 71% male. Um, here are some of the the artists that they listen to. Um, there's no mention of race, so this is my placeholder for race. Uh, pop artists, <laughs> okay, okay. Taylor Swift, Coldplay, Eminem, Ed Sheeran. What a what a mix. That's but a probably mostly white. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's a strange race. Well, yeah. Um, well, hopefully you, you'll start seeing a lot more, uh, after this episode, you'll start seeing a lot more Leia Salonga, uh, maybe some journey in there. Um, so all related to Filipino artists. If you didn't get it is journey listeners, um, the, the main singer or the, yeah, the lead singer of journey is now a Filipino guy. Um, after the, the original one passed away. Wait, are we talking about the band from like the seventies, or is there a different... yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah, no journey. Were, I didn't journey, know they were still active. <laughs> Don't stop believing, journey. That's that's the one song I know about them. Yeah. Um. Maybe they should have used that the the lead singer from Journey instead of Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> Although he's very like obviously Filipino. <laughs> do Do you know his name? Arnel Pineda. Okay. I, <laughs> I know his name because of my parents. They, <laughs> as soon as he took like the the, as soon as he joined the band, like my dad had a CD and he was like <laughs> talking to me about him, playing his music and on YouTube. My dad does this thing where, like, at home, where he'll sit in front of his computer with YouTube, like playing a song, and then he'll sing along to it. <laughs> There's a lot of journey playing that way. Anyways, completely off topic. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball at you, Carson, I, unless you have anything else to add to the any more points to get out there. That is all of the side topics. I covered all of the random tangents I wanted to go on. <laughs> okay. Um, is there anything you're looking forward to? Uh... I was going to ask you this, and I was going <laughs> to go into a whole tangent about this because there is a movie coming out tomorrow, which, okay, so stepping back a second going back probably the last 20 years, if you were to ask me at any point in time, like what is the movie I'm most looking forward to? I could probably pretty easily tell you because there's been a lot of, you know, not all of them have turned out to be good, but big movies. Um, and I'm mm -hmm. thinking back to, and this, this is a while ago, but transformers. When I first heard about a transformers <laughs> movies, I was stoked for it. Ended up disappointing. But anyway, like I had that anticipation and then there was Avengers and that was more or less delivered. Um, and then you've had movies like Blade Runner 2049. I was looking forward to two, three years from the initial announcement. Um, Dune, two, three years out, super excited. Yeah. And it's like, what am I looking forward to now? Um, because there's really no movie. And I know Marvel and Star Wars and whatever, they've all announced their movies. There's really nothing that I've been looking forward to. But one movie that I have been looking forward to for probably about two years now is the movie Blonde. Um, starring oh. Anna de Armas, written or written directed by Andrew Dominic. For whatever reason, I like that director. I like everything that's been going on with that movie. The trailer comes out; it's really, really good. And finally, tomorrow, a movie that I've been anticipating for two years finally comes out, and I probably won't be able to watch it for another week or two. But Blonde. To answer your question, I am very <laughs> much looking forward to and hope that it at least partially delivers more than Transformers. Oh. Did. <laughs> okay. I wasn't expecting that, uh, that whole 
that I wasn't expecting that tangent. Um, um, would it ruin it for you if uh, if I told you some of the r- reviews about uh, it? Even if it's the reviews are bad, there's still a good chance that I would like it. <laughs> it's fair. I th- I mean, um, to be fair, the the bad reviews or like the I feel like the general consensus of the reviews of that movie um, are that. Anna de Armas does a really good job, but it's like, I think there was like a little bit of kind of bordering on ex- exploitative, um, like let Marilyn Monroe be dead kind of thing. Um, and um, it was, it just wasn't that good. I can't remember. My understanding of it, it was, it was never meant to be a realistic depiction of her life. It was just meant to be a yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, which I, yeah, I get that. It's about is it like a book or something? It follows the story of a, a fictional book about yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am looking forward. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go all in on what we've talked about today, and I'm gonna pick two movies. I'm looking forward to. Uh, well, no, that's I'm I'm gonna pick one. I was gonna say Bros is one of them, but <laughs> I'm probably not gonna watch that in theaters. Um. Uh, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Um, not only because like of, of hype and Marvel, um, I'm very curious. I, I'm kind of invested and curious as to who um, the next Black Panther is going to be. Um, I'm really hoping it's M'Baku. And it looks like it will be uh, an emotional affair, especially uh, I don't know how they're going to handle the, um, the whole Chadwick Boseman thing rest in peace so i had a lot of that movie ruined for me um which i won't go into at all Um, oh my god please don't as you may may or may not know i'm a a lego fan and there is a a community of people that leak future lego sets and they have leaked sets that talk about the movie and what happens so i have had that spoiled for me uh so yeah don't look into black panther lego because um you'll have stuff Okay. for you well that's good to know i mean there wasn't much of a danger of that <laughs> to begin with but I, I definitely won't i'll keep an eye out um okay well um yeah that was our that was our episode um we'll uh thanks for listening um and we'll see you later bye, bye. <laughs>